0: Take my head. We're to never, never
1: I cannot believe it's been two years since what may go down as the best weekend Indiana interview of all time, simply because of what happened off the air. Uh, when Shell was in town, performing with my friends Time for Three and the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra at a happy hour. Shell is finally back here. It took two years for somebody to book this band, and I don't know why. But thankfully, our buddies at the Hi-Fi over in Fountain Square have seen the light. And maybe it's because Shell has a, a very cool new album, which, to be honest, I listened to for the very first time about, oh, six hours or so ago. Listen to it straight through on the drive to work just so I would be ready to talk to uh, one of the uh, young women who make up Shell. Shell, they're sisters, by the way. If you would missed our first interview, they've been playing together for a long time and they sound great. And I don't really know. Well, I'm going to ask Eva Holbrook how to accurately describe the music. You'll, of course, hear some of it here throughout the interview here on 93WIBC. But Eva is with me to talk about their gig, this new album. And the unique sound that is Shell. Eva, how are you?
0: Hey, Ray. I'm doing great. How are you?
1: Doing wonderful. Um, ha- okay, l- full disclosure here. I pull up your album on uh, Apple Music. Got it uh, this morning. Listen to the whole thing straight through. But when the, the first thing that struck me is how that particular, and I don't know if uh, others describe uh, it this way, they usually put the genre of music that the album uh, is uh, associated with and it said alternative. And I'm like, what? I, I, sh- shell doesn't strike me as alternative unless you say alternative is, I, I don't know, something that uh, it, it didn't mean alternative when I was playing alternative music, like on college radio 20 years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I really don't know how to describe what you you ladies do, because it's so unique, it's so different, and especially, and this album, even for me, is different than what I heard from you before when you were here a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, well, welcome to our struggle. I mean, we're <laughs> certainly open to suggestions. Struggle. But it's, <laughs> it's been the, uh, you know, we've run the gamut of which genre, and and in that regard, people think that has a lot to do with marketing your band. And for us, we're just we just love exploring. What happens naturally, as we create music, and there doesn't seem to be quite a genre to put it in. But I think a lot of artists have that um particular deal these days. And I blame the you know the fact that music is so readily available. It's at our fingertips, so we can listen to whatever we want, you can't expect us to just make a certain genre of music anymore,
1: yeah, and i I think that's a good thing because yeah. you know what you hear, I mean what's considered popular music? I mean that just depends on who you talk to. Uh, yeah. I mean I'll be totally honest. When I listened to your album this morning, that's the first thing other than the soundtrack for Hamilton the musical that I've listened to probably in the last 3 weeks. Because so, <laughs> I've been really stuck on Hamilton the musical lately. Um, but and but and I, so I listened to it and I thought the first thing that struck me is wow, this sounds different than the stuff that I was playing to accompany the last interview we did when you were here with time for three. And I guess, I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously you guys really went and you can still hear some of the same sound. You hear the mandolin, you hear the beatboxing, but you guys really went exploring if you will.
0: Well, we had with this album, the wonderful privilege of working with Dave Stewart from the arrhythmics, which was something that we were very skeptical about going in, you know, Obviously, we loved Big Eurythmics since we were very small, and we were honored about the idea, but we just didn't know if our music would really suit that sort of treatment, which was essentially Dave, you know, coming in programming on this Analog Sense and Drum uh, Beats underneath what we created already um, at our studio in Nashville with Brent Mayer. And so when he proposed the idea, we were like, yeah, let's try it. And the first track that we got back is a song called You Could Be My Baby. And it just opened up the door for an album. And uh, we were really excited to have the opportunity to collaborate with him. And it was an amazing, uh, I think, stretching experience. But it it wasn't a natural kind of, I think, like we thought it would be. Because when people see traditional instruments like violin and mandolin, they assume it's, you know, a folk band or a country band. But we grew up listening to, you know, Harry Nilsson and David Bowie and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and things that are, I think, you know, they they are more experimental. So for us, it ended up being a pretty natural project. And it's our favorite that we've done so far.
1: Yeah, I would imagine that, yeah, as you said, people see the instruments and sometimes they try to pigeonhole you. Oh, look, let's uh, invite them to the... I don't know Bluegrass Festival or what what have <laughs> you, uh, but sir, I mean yeah, I hit that the first song, the first track on the album. I'm bringing it up here just so I will uh, recall it uh, one more time. Uh, the very first track, I thought, geez, these guys have been listening to uh, Enya or something, and that's that's not a bad thing because yeah. I, I was I, I liked Enya back in the day. Uh, in the is the doctor in today was the first track on the album, and but you go through it and you hear so many different sounds. You hear stuff that, I mean, you could have lifted from Dave Matthews. You hear, I'm, I'm, I forgot that Dave Stewart had uh, collaborated with you guys. It makes perfect sense now. Hmm. After after right. having listened to, you know, knowing that now and after having listened to the album.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun and it wasn't that different from the album before in the process because, um but we we still just recorded all the tracks, including including the drums in Nashville, and then we would upload those files onto a server, and Dave would download them in LA with his engineer there, and they would do some programming, and then send those tracks to us. And I mean it was like Christmas. We'd pull up those tracks and follow the work they'd done in their incredible artists, and then Brent and Charles would mix it all together into this into a song. And so, in in that regard, you know, there was another phase added to the process, but it wasn't all that different. And it felt like we always felt like what they did augmented what we were trying to get across musically. It never, it was never super showy. It was never in the way. And we we're such incredible, you know, humble artists that they gave us liberty to just use what we wanted and what we felt like was effective on the song, which of course was most of the tracks, and it made a huge difference. <laughs>
1: Eva Holbrook from Shell is with me. Shell is at the Hi-Fi over in Fountain Square this Tuesday night. It's a 21 and over show, just so you know. Doors open at 7.30. Uh, We've got the information at WIBC.com. I want to back up to something that you alluded to earlier. It doesn't sound as if the idea was to do an album in the very beginning, and it kind of morphed into that. Is that that what you said?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we were like... uh... Well, yeah, let's try a song and see how it works out. And we uh, we were very cautious, but then when we got the song back, it did, like, just open up the door, uh, I think, for every, for the band creatively. And that was, you know, it had been, I think, it's four years since we put out the last album is what it ended up being. And we were writing that whole time and, you know, really being like, oh, well, what, should we do, like, a more country album? Should we do an acoustic album? So we'd written loads of songs. And then this just you know, this is just more in the vein of what felt natural for us because we're very you know, we're total weirdos and I think mean, Dave is a total weirdo as well. So.
1: <laughs> weirdos. Now what's wrong with being a well one, what's wrong with being a weirdo? But two, how do we know we're weirdos today? I don't
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with being a weirdo. I just think it's it's kind of, you know, you're exploring and you're not you're not really listening to any of the conventional rules about how you should or shouldn't do something you're just going for it and you're saying well this is what this is what i think or what feels natural to me
1: and i think uh, one track on your album that uh, would uh, some would say okay this is strange that it's here uh, others of us who grew up in the hair metal era love it and that you, you've covered you covered enter sandman for god's sakes
0: well, that was it was a bit of a fluke, actually, and it almost didn't end up on the album. <laughs> but we, uh, my dad called me, uh, I should say our dad, because we're all sisters. <laughs> our dad called me one day while he was driving through Nebraska, and the only station that was coming through was a metal station. <laughs> and Inner Sandman was playing, and he knows I'm a massive Peter Pan fan, so he called me and said, you know, I just heard this amazing metal song about going off to Never Neverland. And uh, I think you girls would do a really fun cover of it. (laughs) And so I I Googled the lyrics and I was like, oh, it's Metallica. So I I listened to the song and this is the first time I've heard this song. And I just loved it. Like, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. It's such an epic track. But then I went and I was actually reading the lyrics and I was like, this is incredibly well written. It's so poetic. It's so beautiful, and everything about the lyrics, you know, would suit kind of a, a more subtle, eerie arrangement if you were feeling like being sacrilegious, which <laughs> we were that day. So um, <laughs> we gave it a shot, you know, and I was in the studio just kind of praying to the rock gods, like, oh, please don't let me be mysteriously electrocuted for, you know, covering this song. I promise I won't put an electric guitar on it. And um, the, uh, you know, the the result was it was kind of like even controversial for us a little bit. And uh, by the time we were finishing the album, it, it it just sort of fit the entire theme for us as far as what we were doing musically and, you know, the, I think the kind of dark side of the album. So we ended up putting it on there, and I'm really glad we did. I, I love how it turned out. And, it's you know, it's our way we wanted to pay homage to Metallica because, you know, obviously they're brilliant and... Um, and uh, really enjoy that song and
1: the songwriting in it. One day, perhaps you'll get to uh, hear from James Hetfield and the gang and see what they think about it.
0: I mean, who knows? They might sue us. That would probably be the most exciting <laughs> thing that ever
1: happened to me. <laughs> well, they should be getting their royalties. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, for crying out loud. But I mean, I think oh, I are. think you I think you did uh, I think you did the song justice. And you see, when when in the hair metal days back then, it wasn't you weren't supposed to admit that the lyrics made you think, or that the lyrics were really a thing of beauty on their own. We were we were just there to beat our heads against the wall, you know. And and well, back when we did have hair, shaken around a little bit.
0: So. I didn't know that. You, I
1: mean, you can fool me. I, I love that song. Oh, I do. I love the song. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, and, and I do even more now, especially since it's on your album. The album is, by the way, it's available on iTunes. You can get it just about anywhere. Just Crazy Enough is the name of the album, the new album from Shell. And again, it's great, uh, really top to bottom. And uh, again, it's if, if you're familiar with their work, You'll hear some different things. You'll hear some of the same stuff. You'll hear some different stuff, too. Now, um, are you still making the hats yourself? If, if you weren't here for the first interview, your style is unique. You, you call yourself weirdo. I don't think it, it's – it's not weird at all. It's it's a unique style, and it includes the hats that uh, you wear. And from what – I believe you told me you, you make the hats. Was that correct?
0: I do, yeah. Yeah. Um... I do for myself and for fans I'll throw it out to the audience uh, <laughs> because I think um, people are enjoying we, we want to create a world for people to step into and obviously the visual uh, the visual aspect of thats really key and so at this stage where you know you can't afford to have a huge production this that all we have is our appearance and even inviting people to join and that's so how I make them for fans and and, and really I love that part.
1: No, and, and again, it gives you such a, a, a different look, and it, it fits in with everything that uh, you guys do, that you guys put together. Oh, and I meant to ask, and maybe this time if, if I get to see you guys while you are here, because I don't believe she uh, made our last interview, and that was Liza, who is the beatboxer. Yeah. Um, I, am, um, I was just thinking about this the other day. Actually, I was thinking about it while listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, since there's a lot of hip-hop, a lot of beatboxing there. Beatboxing has survived and thrived for, gosh, four decades now, and wow. I clearly remember when I was first hearing beatboxing, and this was 30-something years ago, when Dougie Fre- people like Dougie Fresh was doing it, and people of the older generations like one, what is this and two, geez, when is this going to go away? <laughs> and it never and I thought you know when, when I got older and I didn't listen to hip hop there for a while and I thought, well, maybe beatboxing is going away. No, not only has it not gone away, it has evolved and your sister Liza is one she's marvelous at it, but again it's it's also she has her own way of, of doing things.
0: Yeah, she always has, you know, ever since she was quite small, actually. But uh, she, I am astounded by her. I think because anything I've ever wanted to do in my life has taken so much incredible effort. And just about anything I decides to do, she's very natural at it. And she just picks it up and does it. And beatboxing was one of those things. You know, she went from being six years old and playing the harp to my parents discovering that she was naturally polyrhythmic and then getting her a hand drum, which she was absurdly good at, and then a drum kit. And then all of a sudden she just surprised her one day with this beatboxing. And um, and I love it. I mean, it's become a really fun addition to the sound.
1: How musically different are you as sisters? I mean, you, she you know, Liza has the percussion end of it. You and uh, Sarah on strings. Hannah on uh, keyboard, piano. Uh, Or is there much of a a musical difference between the four of you?
0: You know, it is really fascinating. I think what has happened over time is that Hannah studied um, piano performance at CSU. And so she has, she understands all the theory, and she's an incredibly competent and versatile musician. And Sarah and Liza are as well. And I've never, you know, had, uh, never been able to wrap my head around any form of theory. And for me, it's all, like, feeling. So, in that way, I'm always trying to refine things and make the statement really simple. And Hanna is always bringing this incredible musicality that then underlines um, the statement whenever it is musically or lyrically. And Sarah and Liza just kind of I feel like they fall very nicely in between. So, Han and I are probably at the opposite ends of the spectrum, but i love I love that. I love being able to be like, Hanna. Well, if we wanted to do a full part harmony here, what would it be? And she'll very quickly just figure it out on her keyboard and give everybody their parts.
1: You guys got a busy schedule, looks like this summer. I mean, you're obviously coming to Indy next Tuesday, but uh, touring quite a bit uh, with the new album. That's certainly a good thing, especially in the, the music world has changed so much to where. It's. I was talking to um, Michael Sweet from Striper. Speaking of hair metal, uh, a while back about this and how you know, back in the day it was, let's sell as many albums as we can. That's where we're going to make the money. And now, with everybody downloading everything, with all the streaming services, you got to really get out there and pound the pavement to uh, if you are an artist and you want to not only practice what you you love doing but also try to make a living at it you gotta you gotta get out there it looks like that's what you guys are doing pretty much all summer
0: yeah I think um it's that way for all art it's the last business uh you want to get into if you want to be wealthy yeah I think it's sort of like winning the lottery in that regard but uh I you know we love it and um it's we're excited about this show in Indianapolis because our I just spoke with our manager, and she gave us permission to give away CDs to anybody who buys advanced tickets at that show, and that's kind of our way of celebrating being in the top 13 heat seekers on Billboard, as well as uh, I was told number 66 on the top 100. So it was that was a big, incredible surprise, and we didn't um, quite anticipate such a response from the album. So to celebrate, we're giving away um, CDs for the people who buy tickets in advance for the
1: Hi-Fi. All right, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm, I'd almost forgotten to bring that up. Uh, so if you go to uh, do you go to your site, uh, shellmusic.com, to do that?
0: Yeah, you can. There's a, You'll find the event and there's a ticket link there, or you can go directly to the Hi-Fi's website.
1: Okay. All right, so we'll have those links at wibc.com. Either go to the Hi-Fi site, which is hifiindie.com, or go to shellmusic.com to the tour page. Click Tickets, and again, if you buy advanced tickets, you get a free copy of their new album, and it's uh, well worth it. It's worth paying for, uh, to be honest with you. Just Crazy Enough is the name of the album from Shell. They're playing the Hi-Fi this Tuesday night, and we'll, uh, like I said, the info's at WIBC.com, and um, really can't wait to have you guys back in town. Eva Holbrook from Shell. Eva, it's been great having you. Take care.
0: Thanks, Ray. It's been wonderful to see you, or, well, talk to you again. I hope we have see you in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right.